Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, the Yankees done it to themselves really good this time. Actually, a historically bad loss. So for, you know, uh, Yankees were 167-0 in uh, franchise history when leading in the ninth inning by two runs or more. Of course, blow that last night in stunning fashion. Uh, lose Game 3 to the uh, Cleveland Guardians and now at the brink of having this season ended. Uh, the Yankees get blowing a 5-3 lead, lose 6-5, and again, lose the uh, lead in this divisional series, two games to one, and again, are at the brink of being eliminated. So going to go over this game really quick. Before we do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hopefully a little bit more Yankee baseball less, but of course, you know, we, we'll be focusing on the rest of the postseason and offseason as well. So uh, Yankees, after you know disappointing loss, um, game two, but even though the Yankees lost the game, you still felt they were controlling the pacing and the momentum of the game. Um, even for the bulk of this, you know, game three as well, it just seemed like the Yankees still dictated the tempo, uh, but they definitely lost it uh, in the ninth inning um, of game three. And now again, at the really eating out of the hands of the Cleveland Guardians, who just seemed as the, you know, the single you to death, basically foul off pitches and stuff versus kind of the Yankees just, you know, scoring uh, basically on home runs and nothing. So, and, you know, it's, this is kind of interesting. Maybe it's just the year of the, the upsets. Obviously we saw, uh, San Diego upset LA Dodgers yesterday, last night. You got the Phillies upsetting the Atlanta Braves. So, again, divisional winners now getting knocked out. And um, even though, yes, Cleveland is a divisional winner themselves, the Yankees were definitely favored in this series. And now it looks like there's a good chance they might get knocked out. Now, you know, I think good news, bad news. I think the good news that still, I mean, you have Cole on the mound for game four. And I think I could very well see Cole having a good game. And the Yankees, you know, so the Yankee bats did come alive a little bit in this game three. So that's, you know, some good news you take out of it via their all home runs. But nevertheless, uh, finally making, you know, some good contact uh, on some of these Cleveland uh, pitches that were just, you know, tough on the Yankees, uh, especially during game two. Uh, but again, Yankees could win game four. They got to even see the Yankees winning game five. But now the biggest problem is, is this, as I mentioned before, is this bullpen. So even if you get by Cleveland, how is this Yankee team beating the Houston Astros? There's no way. I mean, this is the Astros team that we saw uh, blank the Seattle Mariners in their own ballpark for 18 innings yesterday before eventually getting a walk. Uh, well, no, it was a go-ahead home run. And, of course, they were able to uh, finish them, you know, finish close them out in the bottom of the 18th inning there. So how is this Yankee team going to be able to hold off those Houston hitters when, with, with this bullpen right now, which, you know, I, no, like I'm not going to complain about Luis ago. He's been good. He's been doing his job. Peralta's been good. He's been fine. I don't blame any Peralta. And I don't even blame Clark Schmidt for, for last night. The problem is just they don't have a consistent closer now. You know, it turns out that Holmes could have been available, but they, just, you know, Boone decided, well, Boone and Cash, I'm sure, is an organizational decision. They didn't want to use him for two games in a row, complaining of soreness. Well, what's, this is the postseason. This is, the, this is everything. So if this guy's not reliable now, he can't go, then this team doesn't even have a closer. So, again, even if they get by Cleveland, which is still a possibility, how they beat Houston now? It's not happening. So we'll go to this game. So uh, it was Severino on the mound versus uh, Tristan McKenzie. And for Severino, you know, look, it's been almost two weeks since he last pitched, and it did kind of show early in this game. Now, it was a good performance by him. He did eventually find it. But, again, I think the layoff did have, you know, some ramifications on him because he get, did get touched up. Uh, in the first and second inning there. And it was an opportunity where possibly looked like he might have imploded. And it's, you know, the, uh, the Guardians, so I'm going to slip up there, could have maybe put, you know, put the Yankees and put Severino away early. But Severino did buckle down uh, and have, again, was during the, you know, the middle and towards the end part of the game was very strong. Uh, I almost figured maybe if you kept him in there a little bit longer, but of course, you know, they weren't going to push him with the pitch count there. So um, in the first inning, Stephen Kwan, uh, who just, Killed the Yankees in this game and really has been a really thorn on the Yankees' side this entire series. Uh, leads off the game with a double. Uh, now, Severino would, you know, strike out the next batter, Rosario, but then Ramirez uh, with a single. 
So put runners at first and third at that point. Now, opportunity here, Josh Naylor up, you know, tough lefty. Now, he was DH in this game because remember the last game, you know, running down the first base, kind of hurt his foot there, trying to beat out um, a ground ball, which we did, thanks to a throwing error. But nevertheless, hobbled with a bad foot. So he was de- uh, relegated to DH duties, but he's one of Cleveland's, uh, you know, you know, at least home run threats against the righty, Severino, so you understand why he's in the lineup. Hit it kind of a little bit flat towards the shortstop hole, and it, it seemed like, you know, kind of fluffer and I'm sure people are going to be killing him today. It's, it looked like he was caught in between of, should I let this ball drop and go for a double play, or should I just grab it and get the line out? And, you know, obviously at that point, you're not going to get a double play, but at least there's two outs and nobody scores. Said he kind of just got caught in between the ball drops in, and Quan's able to easily score from first base. So, again, this seemed like uh, kind of Fleff was kind of caught what he, he wasn't sure he wanted to do. You know, let it drop in and then go for a double play, or just let me let me catch it. And he didn't either. So, uh, Cleveland at that point would go up one nothing, but nevertheless... Uh, Severino would get out of that jam, only you know, escaping only with the one run. And his pitch count at that point was almost up to 30. So, again, it looked like it was going to be a short night for Severino, but it would not be the case. And then in the second inning, didn't really get that much better for Severino. Uh, give a leadoff double to Arias. And then Quan, getting that pain in the neck, would uh, drive him in on an RBI single. Uh, put the Guardians up at that point, two to nothing. And, again, had some runners on with threatening to do more. But Severino, again, was able to get out of it, battle, you know, those first two innings. And then pretty much from there, Severino cruised along. He finally found it. And, again, I think the long layoff had something to do with it. Uh, again, remember last time we saw him was in Texas. He had uh, seven no-hit innings. And Boone took him out there. And Severino wasn't happy. But, again, that was the right move by Boone. And in this game, since H- Higgy uh, was the catcher for the game, decided to give Higgy the start in this game, which I thought was the right move. And, plus, you know, with the bat, Higgy – uh, was you know was hitting the ball much better than Trevino. Uh, unfortunately, Trevino during his postseason hasn't you know given the Yankees much offensively. So I understand putting Higgy in this game, and I like the Yankees. You know, juggle the lineup a little bit, uh, move Judge down to the uh, second place hitter. You know, I'm not saying Clay Torres is your ideal leadoff hitter, but again, I'm kind of mixed feelings on the whole Judge leadoff thing. I just think you know. Because once you get him out, I think the psychologically, the other pitcher just feels, oh my god, I got Judge out great now. I can just you know chill and cruise along, along the rest of this lineup. When you have Judge Moore in the middle of the lineup, it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure the opposing pitch is kind of looking at on sec, on deck circle and you see him, you know, taking some practice swings. And I think psychologically, it just haunts the pitch's mind a little bit to know that Judge is coming up there. So, again, mixed feelings on him having to lead it off. But at least this game, Boone gets to want to switch things up a little bit, dropped him to the second place. And then uh, Peralta dropped him down in the lineup as well. And then, uh, you know, and if you haven't seen the first two games, not seen much from him other than swing and misses. So, Boone decided to drop him down to the ninth hole as well. Now, last episode, I kind of mentioned maybe you want to kick the tires on Aaron Hicks there for left field. Um, again, I'm okay still sticking with Peralta, but again, he was you know swinging a lot out of the zone and you know and in some big spots. So again, I would I would have been you know shocked or surprised if they would given Hicks a nod in Game Three, but nevertheless went with Peralta and that would pay off eventually. And of course, the Yankees would get on the board in the third inning with that same Cabrera, uh, so he would get on with a double. And then Tristan McKenzie, who at that point it seemed like he was cruising along, uh, gave up a two-run home run to Aaron Judge. So Judge, who was, again, having a terrible first two games, even hearing some boos in the game two at Yankee Stadium, struck out his first at bat. And you figure, oh, this guy's just completely, you know, just out of it. Uh, but able to, you know, finally uh, get a good inside pitch. You know, it was, you know, it was actually, it wasn't really a terrible pitch, but, you know, hats off to Judge to kind of putting a good swing on it up and in. And get it over there at the center field wall. So again, at that point, tying the game up two-two. And then, but more importantly, at that point, Severino finally settled in. He even had a good stretch there where he like retired like almost like ten batters in a row. And then the Yankees would eventually go ahead in the fifth inning. Uh, Beta would get on with a single up the middle there, but a bit of a seeing eye single. And then 
uh, that same Peralta who doubled earlier, again, who uh, moved down to the ninth hitting spot there, would pay off the Yankees finally. Two-run home run, a nice bomb to right center field. And just a little note about that with Peralta. I mean, kind of, I know we're in the, you know, the whole new thing now is like to flip the bat after a home run. But it's like he's sitting there posing, staring at it. It's like, look, I like I like Peralta, but you're not Ken Griffey Jr. You're not Reggie Jackson. All right, you were called up in September. Then I, I mean, he's very good. He's productive, fine like that. But like, don't be posing like that. It's like but he's standing there with the bat a little bit for a few seconds and he throws it. I mean, I mean I show a little bit more class than that, so. Uh, that's my little knock on Peralta there. Even though the Yankees were ahead at that point, not really too happy with Peralta that spot there. Again, why you would want to egg on the other team like that? You know, not that they need any more motivation, but I just thought it was a little classless by Peralta to do that. Just, you know, put the, put your head down a little bit. I don't know, maybe if you're around a season or two, then maybe you can start posing stuff with home runs. But you've just been up here for a cup of coffee. But nevertheless, um, now, eventually, Severino would lo- lo- lose a little steam, and it really wasn't his fault. So, again, he was cruising long, had two outs in the bottom of the sixth there. And then Andres Jimenez, again, had a little ground ball uh, to shortstop. Now, it should be a, pl- a play that kind of Fleffer should make, but he kind of had to go across his body a little bit to make the throw, and the throw was a little late. So you had um, Jimenez reach. If that, uh, Severino would give up a single to uh, Arias again, who, again, he gave up the earliest. And now he had a situation on runners in first and third. And again, at this point, Severino was up to 106 pitches, which, like, it was most pitches he'd thrown since, like, 2019. So... Uh, obviously, you know, coming off the Tommy John surgery and all these other injuries, you know, Severino's had the past three seasons, uh, decided to take him out at that point. I think he could have let him finish the six, um, you know, but still, nevertheless, I can say why they wanted to baby him there. So they ended up bringing in Lou Trevino. Tito Francona uh, countered uh, with a pinch hitter, Brennan. First pitch was um, a ball way outside. The next, uh, Trevino throws one high and tight. Brennan kind of makes a defensive swing. So you got this guy, like, you know, defenses on on you on, on the fastball. So instead of jamming with another 96-mile-per-hour fastball inside, throws a little breaking ball across the plate, had no, no spin on it, and Brandon able to put a good swing on it, uh, drives in Jimenez at that point, and it cuts the Yankee lead down to 4-3. to three. And then after that, Marcus Straw would come up and uh, hit a line shot towards second base. And for a second, it seemed like it was going to go in the uh, center field for another hit and would have maybe uh, possibly tied the game. Uh, but nevertheless, Glaber Torres able to snag the fly ball over there. But it was hit well. And again, Trevino, I don't think you want to see him ever out there again in a big jam. I mean, it just, again, he has good stuff, but I don't know what, what you know, the pitch selection there was terrible. I don't know if you want to blame Higgy for that. You want to blame the bench. Uh, but luckily, Trevino able to get out of that jam there and just hold the Guardians down to a 4-3 to three lead. And then in seventh, he'll end up uh, adding a little insurance run. So Harrison Beta, who kind of got the Yankees on the board in game one with a big home run to tie the game there. Adds another big bomb off the lefty. Um, Henkes, uh, you know, kind of tall, lanky lefty there. Uh, crushed the ball to left field. Saw the home run. Uh, put, gives the Yankees an insurance run, 5-3 to three there. And if the Yankees have two runs, you still want one one more at least. Just, kind of, again, on the road, big game, playoff game. Again, those, you, you know it's not – you knew it was going to be easy. So, yeah, you feel good about it. But still, just – just, I would have – you know, it would been nice for the Yankees. I'm like 6-3 or 7-3. That's where you feel good. It's still feel 5-3, especially with the way the Yankees bullpen um, could be a little shorthanded. Um, again, that showed it's, it's, it's um, you know, reared its uh, nasty head, whatever the expression is, in game two there, having to go to Jameson Tyone. Uh, it, again, uh, you know, Yankee bats needed to edit this maybe one or two more. That would have that put it away, but nevertheless, that would not be the case. Um, so, boom from there, went to Loisga and then uh, Peralta. So, that's the same formula, uses game one and two, and I was okay. And Peralta was actually cruising along, uh, got the last out in the seventh. Had a pretty easy eighth, and then this is this is this is going to be the controversy now. Now supposedly, and this is um, Holmes. Now 
Boone, you know, did not want to use him in this game at all and said only in an emergency situation. Now, the, the only crazy part is that the only person who didn't know about this was Clay Holmes. He assumed he was going to get the call in the ninth inning. So pretty much the entire bullpen supposedly was shocked when they called up Clark Schmidt number uh, to come out to relieve Peralta there. So even Holmes didn't know he wasn't available. So it seems to be a really miscommunication stuff. And then, you, of course, you heard during the broadcast, uh, you know, if it was the Bob Costas and Ron Darling, telling the story how even Severino – wasn't happy that he was put on the 60-day IL during you know during the regular towards the, towards the end of the season uh, with his you know with his um, injuries he felt you know that, that was a little bit overkill and now this might be overkill of the babying of Holmes who only threw 16 pitches in game two and you know and actually one of the strikeouts that he had he actually looked as good as he probably had been in quite a while so he got a case where even Holmes thought he was ready to go and Boone said and no and and even Holmes didn't know about this so. Little miscommunication there, and again, this is a game that, frankly, Boone and Cashman just gave it away by not going with Holmes. I don't know if Holmes would have gotten the job done, but you can't put Clark Schmidt, a 26 year old rookie, in that spot like that. And again, I don't even blame Clark Schmidt for it. I mean, I think he, he was decent enough, but that's that's just way out of what he's ever, ever done for you know before in the stage in the Yankee uniform in the playoffs and all that jazz. I know he came up through the Yankee system, but still, it's just you're putting him in a spot in a situation he's never even done before. And I just thought it was a bad move. And the whole thing is it's a real mess. And again, if the Yankees do end up losing the series, they can look at that game three and that decision not to go with Holmes as, as the nail in the coffin. But again, the bigger issue is that the Yankees don't have a long bullpen. They don't have a good bullpen. And they don't have a championship bullpen. And they don't have a championship type closer that you can rely on for these games. And that's, again, even if they get past this series uh, against Cleveland, there's no way they're going to be able to hold down the Houston Astros late in games, especially on the road. Forget about that. But nevertheless, let's just go to the details of the game. So, Peralta did get the first out in the ninth. And I got to understand Boone wanted to stick with him to finish it out. You know, especially, you know, you have Quan coming up there. So you want that lefty on lefty matchup there. So, again, I had no problem Boone at that point sticking with Peralta the rest of the way. Uh, but then ends up giving up a little bloop fly to Marcus um, Straw. And again, not Peralta's fault. It's just a lot, just a bad, bad luck for the Yankees. Kind of dropped in between shortstop and left field. Um, Cabrera running in there. And since the ball kind of dro- bounced around a little bit at that there in the outfield, able to short to go to second base. But you still figure, all right, I've got the five to three leads, one out. Still win this game. But uh, after that, that's when Boone made his decision. Again, we all assume that Clay Holmes doesn't come in out. But then when you see that, you know, the bullpen door was struggling a little bit. Like, what's going on here? What's going on? You actually see Clark Schmidt come out, number 86. You're like, oh, my, what? And now you're just totally surprised. And at that point, even though the Yankees were up, you know, 5-3, to three, once I saw him coming out, I figured, oh, they're going to lose this game. You just saw all the momentum swing. Their eyes must have been lighting up. Hey, Schmidt's coming out. Good. Great. Their hitters must have been got energized from that and showed from the start. First batter he faced Rosario. Gets a single through. Able to score. Straw. So now at this point, uh, you're, you have runners at... Uh, first and first and third, Shaw scores, cuts the lead now to five to four. And after that, you have Jose Ramirez up. He hits a little flare. Now it kind of drops in between, like between the uh, in, I'll say the uh, between the infield and outfield little grass stand, center field, shortstop hole there. So kind of just bounced in. So it wasn't enough for any runners to score. But now you look at a situation with bases loaded, only one out, and the da- dangerous Josh Naylor up. Now yes, he's a little hobbled, but still lefty power bat against Schmidt. You'd like this matchup for the Guardians. But shockingly, um, Schmidt buckled down a little bit. Was able to get a big, big, big strike out of Nailis. And at this point, you're thinking, "Hey, wait, is he going to get out of this? Maybe, just maybe, Schmidt's going to come up, you know, if they upset and, and go get out of this jam." But nevertheless, next batter up, Oscar Gonzalez. And look, to Schmidt's credit, he went after him. You know, because he was ahead in the count one and two, and he did what I thought he should do. I mean, Gonzalez was fouling off a lot of pitches, uh, um, low and away. So 
I would say keep going there and try to maybe just have one a little outside to get him to swing and miss. So I think Schmidt made the right choice there. And Gonzalez was just able to get enough barrel on the bat on it. Hits the ball right up the middle, just like inches away from Schmidt. You know, Schmidt kind of turned his body around, maybe tried to block the ball with his body, which again, he could could have knocked it down and thrown the ball uh, to either home plate or first base to get the out and uh, finish the game. But nevertheless, the ball finds its way through the infield hole up the middle there. And of course, uh, the tying and then winning runs able to come in and score and uh, Cleveland wins the game six to five. And again, the Yankees blowing it in big fashion. Um, and now again, are at the mercy of possibly getting eliminated in game four. Um, so that's, that's the story there. And again, the story is going to be that the mystery of why Clay Holmes wasn't in that game. Uh, that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big question. Again, if the Yankees lose, and again, that's going to be on Boone and Cashman, of course, cause that's an organizational decision there. So bad loss for the Yankees. Again, Boone is handing it over to, to Cleveland. So I don't know how you want to read it. You could read it that the Yankees just have faith that they read the situation that, hey, look, we, we feel like a Cole could go out there in game four and definitely bring this back to New York. And they're almost willing to sacrifice the game to not really burn out homes. I don't know, you can look at it that way. Or maybe they just feel, hey, look, we trust our guys. We trust Clark Schmidt and he's going to get it done and that's it. So again, very, very ugly loss for the Yankees. Again, there were 167 and zero um, franchise history record-wise in the playoffs when going into the ninth inning with a two-run or more lead. And they basically put a kibosh to that. So, you know, thanks for the uh, thanks for the, the great Yankee history on that one. And Severino, again, was in, in line to get the win for this one. Uh, gutted out, pitched you know, five and two-thirds inning. Uh, did get eight hits, but again, a lot of that was early on in the first couple of innings where, again, they probably looked like he was trying to find it. Uh, three earned runs to his credit. Again, the, the single by um, the Trevino gave up. Again, that was credited to uh, Severino. So he ends up getting uh, six, uh, sorry, three earned runs. A tribute to his name with six strikeouts, no walks. Again, on 160, 106 pitches. Again, the most he's thrown in on like three years there. And again, so again, really ugly loss for the Yankees. Again, they were in cruise control, five to three there. Had everything going for them. Loisga looked good. Peralta looked good. You had a little bit of bad luck there with, you know, that Marcus uh, Straw, a uh, little bloop to left field there falling in there. But uh, again, it's a game the Yankees should have won. Same thing as game two. The Yankees kind of should have won game two there. And now you see the pacing and everything totally shifted towards uh, Cleveland in that ninth inning there uh, as they kind of just, you just, even with Schmidt with a two run lead, him coming out, I think you, you just felt the loss coming. You knew it. And that took, that reared its ugly head there. So, so here we go. So it's a match. So it's going to be a rematch now. Game four, uh, again, Garrett Cole versus um, Cal um, Quantrill. Again, Yankees were able to win that game one. Cole had a good performance. So I could see Cole winning this game easily and then bring them back to New York. And then from there, it's all hands on deck. And I can even see possibly the Yankees winning game five at Yankee Stadium. But, again, how they get past the Houston Astros if they're barely able to get past this Cleveland team, which is, again, you could clearly see how the Yankees are. I mean, Cleveland has to fight so hard to get one run. Uh, that they, they need, like, three singles in an error to get a run. The Yankees have one swing in the back at two runs. You know, and Bob Costas pointed out, out of the 11 runs they've scored so far in his postseason, 10 of them came via the home run. And this one from the Jose Trevino um, uh, uh, sacrifice fly in game one, that's it. So all the Yankees runs have been home runs. So you, you just see how the Yankees, again, in that, in that aspect, are superior to them. They should not be struggling. But nevertheless, you know, got to give Cleveland credit. They, they scrap, especially players like Quan, for example. Uh, you know, he had a little opposite field hit. Yeah, again, it wasn't really a bad pitch. Uh, by Peralta there, but just, you know, Quan went with it out, outside in a way and he kind of served it into left field. So I don't blame Peralta on that. It's just a good piece of hitting by Quan and this bad luck for the batter before him. Straw, again, to get that little bloop to, to, to fall in there. So, uh, so again, the Yankees are going to have to, you know, find a way to win this game four, which I think is possible. And then again, game five, it's going to be all hands on deck. 
but now, but again, this is going to be no off day. So you're going to need little eyes again. You're going to need Peralta again. And guess, you know, since he had a day off, you would assume Holmes available for game four. So that's good news there. So ugly loss for the Yankees. Possibly the season might end, but I could still still see this game going to uh, the series going to a game five. So hopefully, um, you know, there's a few more uh, in-season podcasts left to go. So if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make, you sh- make sure you do. We'll be back for the end of game four. And again, hopefully better news than we had at the end of game three. Mm-hmm.